Hello everyone and welcome to the Coach Stokes Said So podcast. I'm your host, Coach Steve Stokes. Alright, alright, welcome back to another episode. This is Coach Stokes with Coach Stokes Said So. Here again with Coach Daryl D. Hill. I got it right this time. Mm-hmm. We're about to recap what went down this past Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to let you go ahead and, and start this one off, Daryl, and I'm going to bounce off of you. Uh, well, well, the team opposite the Patriots let me down again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where do I begin? You can't really say you, you try if, if you're not a Patriots fan, man, it's hard to not to see the greatness, man, in that team. Now they started off and they were both fighting. Uh they both made some good defensive uh stops. And in the end, when it was three to zero at halftime, I knew it was trouble. There was gonna be some problems for the Rams. Only because this is the Super Bowl now, right? It's the Super Bowl now. So right. halftime, we got a longer time in the locker room to make adjustments or whatnot. That's where games are mostly won or lost by adjustments. And I feel like that at any level. Now, Bill Belichick has some extra time because of, you know, because of the halftime show. And that's where I knew it was going to be an issue at coming uh, out of halftime. And that served, served right. Uh, I think they neutralized the Rams' defense by running at Ndamukin Sue a lot. You know what I mean? Stopped his aggressiveness from being able to try to just attack the quarterback. That was one thing I saw. Uh, and the Rams just, their offense could not get it together, man. I just don't understand. They just couldn't get it together. Bottom line. Yeah, well, I was disappointed in the game overall. You wait the entire football season for that one game to come down, and I appreciate good defense. I appreciate it. I mean, defense wins championships, as the Patriots proved. Did they have the best defense in the league? Not by any means, but I think they have the best defensive coach in the league. And that's proven time and time again. I don't even know if you want to say the best defense coach, the best strategy. And they did something very similar that they did in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. They came out and dominated time of possession. We are going to hold the ball, even though they didn't score on the first two or three drives, but went down almost to the red zone. I guess they got to the green zone right around the 25 or 30 yard line. And came away with no points. But what happened was the first quarter, I think they had something like 80% of the first quarter they had the ball. And when you have an offense like the Rams that is young, that is built off of big plays and getting in that rhythm, the best defense you can play is keep them off the field. And part two of what the Patriots defense did so well was 
Hightower. I thought Hightower played an amazing game and kept he kept looking young. Like a real he looked like a rookie quarterback again. That was just nervous. And most of the time, it was a four-man rush. But I think Bill Belichick invented that where you don't know where it's coming from. And they've been the best at disguising coverages. So, yeah, Goff didn't throw – he did throw that one interception at the end that ultimately ended the game. But for most of the game, it wasn't a matter of him making the bad pass. It was like he couldn't even make a pass because he didn't understand what he was seeing. And that's amazing to me that you could play for so long in this league and then, you know, you're talking about 16, 17 games in the regular season, playoffs, all of that, and still get to the final game and be able to show things to the opposing team that they haven't seen defensively. Because defensively, it's not about a bunch of different plays and schemes. It's about doing your job and your assignment. I believe that's Bill Belichick's motto is do your job. But for them to confuse golf and the Rams the way they did, and not even just golf, you know, he's he's responsible for changing his protection when he needs to pass. But his offensive line, they just look stupid a lot of the time. Like it was, you know, if it's a three or four man rush, no one should be coming free. And then a lot of the times the back stayed in to help protect. And you're talking about three or four versus six offensive players protecting the quarterback. Yeah, every time he put his foot in the ground on that fifth step on his drop back, it was like, make your decision right now. And he was still confused about that decision because he wasn't getting through the coverages. So they made them look like a Pop Warner team as far as their offense was concerned. I thought the Rams defense was excellent. You know, just they could have been better against the run. You're right, they ran right at the at the teeth of Sue and took away his aggressiveness. They ran at Donald as well, but in clever ways. You know, it had some good double teams against him. So they weren't able to affect the game. They didn't put them in a lot of positions where they could make big plays. Mm-hmm. The only sack of the game was actually against the second string D lineman. And Vintage Patriots, you know, they get a sack force fumble and they end up recovering it that could have changed the whole face of the game right then and there. That was a big play. So the fact that that offensive lineman jumped back on the ball for them when Tom Brady was forced to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Huge. That was huge. You know, that's a game saver right there. When you talk about a game that's decided by 10 points or, yeah, 10 points and, and that low scoring, that could have flipped the tie right then and there because if, if, the, if the Rams would have put the ball in the end zone at all, before the Patriots did, it would have at least made the Patriots push the issue a little bit more. But at no point in time did the Rams force the issue on the Patriots. It's, it's kind of like, you know, big brother, little brother, and the big brother just put his arm out, and the little brother's trying to punch and hit, and he just can't do nothing because <laughs> he just got his, his hand stuck on his forehead. That's how the game <laughs> Like, they, they was just holding them there, like, y'all just going to stay here, and then when I'm ready to win, I'm going to slap you to the side. And so so Roy had predicted that the Rams would win by 10. They lost by 10. I got that right. <laughs> well, in reverse, yeah. In reverse. 
Um, you predicted they would win by six. I said they would win by four. We were all wrong on all accounts. I said the game was coming on at 12 midnight in Finland. I was wrong. It did not come on until 1.30. So for me to stay up until 5 in the morning and watching this game, I mean, that's a sacrifice. That, 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 that would change through your whole lifestyle when you just stay up that late. I'm not a kid that can stay up all night and then be halfway normal the next day. So kids all happened to be sick. So I had to stay at home to take care of them. They ended up taking care of me because I was passing out all over the place. But it was just when, when you stay up for something like that and when you look forward to it just in general as a fan, I wanted much more of a shootout, you know, a little more back and forth. Um, I didn't even watch the post game at all. It was five o'clock. As soon as that, as soon as the Rams missed that field goal, I just turned TV off. And I'm pretty sure who, who got the MVP. Oh, hands down, Edelman. You knew that by halftime. I said if the if the um, Patriots win this game. Edelman is going to get the MVP. Like, they could not stop him. Third down was his <laughs> – third down. They couldn't stop him on third down at all, man. I like Every, every third down, they went right to Edelman. On my every fantasy. time, man. He got money, man. Yeah, he, he was out there getting yeah. – my fantasy football team, Edelman is my number one receiver, and he does not let me down. He, he do not let me down. Um, I got to give it to him. That respect to him. Uh, he's second all-time in receptions in the postseason behind Jerry Rice. Now, when you get mentioned with Jerry Rice, I mean, you're doing your thing. Uh, Edelman's nice. He's real nice. He's a, he's a grinder, man. What, what, and what did he play? Like, what, what college did he even go to? I mean, Edelman is basically the new Wes Welker. I just think he, he might be a little more physical than Wes Welker. He's he's a lot more physical. West Welker. I think he's yeah. I think he's a little more. I don't know. He it seems like he just has something that's a little more than Welker. I think it's the yeah. beard. I think it's the beard. I think he has like the strength of the beard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he can go over the middle a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just something I can't put my finger on, but it's something that will make me chew at him. You know what's crazy though, like. Because he wears the red gloves and he kind of stands out. And and he played – like, I played slot receiver when we were together at Wayne State in Detroit. And so I've always had an affliction for that position, even though I really can consider myself more of a running back. But if I see a good slot, man, I focus on them. And with his red gloves and how he was balling, every time the Patriots snapped the ball, my eyes went immediately to Edelman. And on every single pass play – I mean, I think it was one-third down where they actually got a deflection on Edelman. But other than that, throughout the entire course of the game, and even when Tom Brady tried to force it to Hogan, uh, force it to Grunk, every time he did it, Edelman was wide open. And I'm like, what up? Put this ball to this no. man every single down and being perfectly fine. Just long distance handoffs. That's what it feels like. As easy as they were able to connect, and it's much open. No, they, he, he was unguardable, man. The way he was just working that middle. <laughs> I think he was just working that middle. But I think that's what I'm part. talking about, man. He was open, he was open by like 10, 5 or 10 yards every time, it seemed like every time they threw it. But but when I started really watching and what's going on and trying to break it down from a coaching perspective, 
you almost had to triple team him because I think what they have told him, and, and I did this when I was at another college in the College of the Canyons in California. My job as a slot receiver, I was a free player. That's how our offense was built. As a free player, I was allowed to line up wherever I wanted to, motion however I wanted to. I just needed to end up in a place that, based on the play, gave our team the best possibility to succeed. So on a run play, I would move around and make sure I was either an extra blocker or my motion took a defender out of the play. On an offensive, on a passing play, knowing everyone else's route, where they're supposed to be and where the empty spaces on the field would give me extra possibilities, you're able to run choice routes, go inside, outside, but just basically work the void in the field based on everyone else's route. And you can't tell me that's not what they let Edelman do because you see his motions. They're not, they're not like scripted motions where it's, you know, we do a specific motion starting from this position to end in this position. He was out there freestyling. And, and when you freestyle like that, I mean, you can double team it, but at the same time, that motion also tells Edelman and it tells Tom Brady. It tells the receiver and the quarterback before the play starts what the defense is going to do. It's a truth teller. And when they get that answer, he knows how I'm going to attack it. Okay, they're following me. It's man coverage. Okay, following me with a safety over the top. It's double coverage. All right, they're not following me. They're just adjusting its zone. When you get these answers, then you know how to beat it. You have the answers to the test. And then they just have that rapport with each other, that connection from playing together so long and understanding what they want to do in these situations. I have to give it to Cook from the Rams, who was also a former Patriot receiver. I felt like... He got some of the same in him. He got off. Like he he did he did well for he's the one offensive player I would say from the Rams that did his thing. And I think they should have even featured him more or fed him more in different ways because they did try to force it to him at the end. That's when when golf through that interception. But I think he's a product of the same thing that Edelman has been the Edelman is capitalizing on now. Because from that position, you have to know everyone's position on offense. You're essentially the second quarterback on the field because you have to know where every play is happening and where everyone's going to be at because you're just a free piece that can move around and make the play better. And I don't think anyone else does it better than him in the game. On the flip side of that, the Rams don't have that. Everything is scripted. And when that script goes wrong, you end up in panic mode. You're trying to adjust, and it's just not – it's a scramble drill. It's not the same thing. You know, you're chasing your own tail from behind. But aside from all that, what I'm going to talk about is, again, the offensive player that we all assumed would have a large impact in this game. That's exactly what I want to talk about. But again, start with that. But again, was all but obsolete. I mean, Todd Gurley was in talks of being the MVP of the league. And had a lot of touches from scrimmage every time they were successful. Now, towards the end of the season, they rested him quite a bit, and there was some half-hearted talks about him having a knee problem. And You could kind of see him walking back to the huddle like a little gingerly. But at the same time, when the ball was in his hands, 
he ran hard. You didn't see any deficiencies. And it didn't seem like he didn't want the ball. And I thought for the most part, he ran well. I didn't check the stat line, but when they mentioned what he was running, he was at something like 3.5 yards a carry, which is what you want for your running back. You hand it off three times, they're going to give you a first down. And they did not. The, the Rams are a running team that sets up the play action. They didn't run the ball well, so the play action didn't work well. And you got an MVP caliber running back on the sideline watching the game for most of the game. A large part of the game, yeah. That's, that's just that's mind-blowing to me. Like, even when – I understand you take rotations. I understand you keep people fresh. I get all of that. But a running back is about catching a rhythm. You need carries to get going. You're supposed to get stronger as the game goes on. That's true for any real running back. Now, C.J. Anderson, I, I'm not mad at him. I like the way he plays as well. But when he comes in to give – he should be coming in to give Gurley a breather, a different little style of running attack. But still, how is Gurley not the third down back? How is he not coming out in those scenarios where you actually do get a first down? Or, whoa, what was that? Or um, two or three series in a row where you don't even see Gurley. Do you know how cold that makes a running back? Now, that the offensive line wasn't doing them much favors. Either way it goes, whoever was out there. But they still had a decent running game going. And it almost seemed like they was in a panic to pass the ball or get the big play when it was a zero to three football game. Like, I don't understand how I didn't find comfort in that. Like, you know what? We're in a Super Bowl and we're in a football game. That's one score away from us walking around with the title. We can go get this thing. Why not just put a nice, slow, long drive together? Being okay, inching your way down the field and taking a field goal or Ultimately, punching it in, but I think that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, man? You gotta think. You gotta. You gotta think, man. They they knock out. That's like telling Tyson to box, man. Just box. Just box (laughs) and just wear them down, man. No, they knock people out. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do. That's what they used to doing. So that's where the panic comes from, man. I need to try to knock this 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 dude out. Okay, so what happened? Tyson couldn't knock somebody out. You know what happened. <laughs> he got frustrated. Exactly. He got frustrated. He got frustrated, got himself knocked out. You, that's one fight. That's one opportunity. Like, you work your way through this, and that's the that's the ability of a coach in the championship football team. When the other team takes away your strength, what it is that you normally do, if you don't have nothing else in your bag of tricks, then you can't win. You you gotta be able to adjust. You have to be and, able to and that's why I go back. I give all the credit. Everybody asks for Tom Brady or Billichick. I get all the credit to Billichick, man. Cause like I said, yep. he had extra time after the halftime. Oh, I got all this time to make these adjustments now. Boom. And we up only three to zero. I'm like, I knew it was gonna be essentially over. Like I hated to admit it, but if I ever if I if I ever own a football organization from a Pop Warner level to an NFL level, I'm going to sit down and interview coaches. And the man that will be hired 
a woman that would be hired, will tell me in the interview without me insinuating it, they will tell me that the most important part of the game is the halftime adjustment. That's how you get hired with Coach Stokes because that's the real talk of a real coach. If you can make that halftime adjustment, even if you're getting your doors blown off in the first half, if you can make that halftime adjustment, you can come back in the game. And no one can argue. Bill Belichick is the, the greatest of all times at that halftime adjustment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Greatest of all times. And again, like, they didn't come out the second half and, and, and blow the Rams out. They came out and did more what they did the first half. But the Rams didn't have no answer. They didn't have no adjustment. They couldn't. Man, you got to be able to adjust. You got to be able to change what it is you do if you want that ring. And every, if you notice, the Rams, the way they are, everything is tight. Mm-hmm. Everything is tight. And they came back and everything was still tight. The Patriots already adjusted to that. They, they had that down. And we got that down, these formations. And they didn't adjust. They didn't spread them out. They didn't do anything. They still kept everything tight. And keeping all of those players close to the quarterback allowed them to disguise coverages more and allowed them to send blitz packages. Not even blitz packages, but schemes, stunts, that the line confused the line constantly and confused golf. You got to spread them mm-hmm. with the men play. But That's the biggest thing I've seen. That's the biggest thing I've seen. They came back, like, man, they still in these same type formations. Like, they no adjustments. They did not adjust. But um, I would say congratulations to the Patriots. Hats off. That is uh, true dominance, true legacy. They say we- true greatness, true greatness. Because that makes six for Tom Brady now. Well, no, is that six? Hey, he up there with Jordan. And we were like, well, he can't be the greatest because he only he got the same amount as Joe Montana, then he got five. So now he has six. So he got six out of ten championships, man. The nine or ten? I think that's their ninth appearance there, no? You think this was – no, I think this is – okay. You may be right. I'm not sure. So six out of nine, that's, that's even better. <laughs> but I'm just saying, when we get up, you know, when this podcast gets a little bigger, we're going to have to hire ourselves a fact checker. <laughs> right. 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 That's the side. There's no arguing. There's no debate that they have now become – they have now moved into – the top uh, in top ranks of any franchise for Super Bowl wins. Um, and that all comes from the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era. Because you look at great franchises in the NFL, you know, like the Steelers and the Cowboys, and they have titles in different decades. So they, they've, uh, they've been prestigious organizations throughout time. The Patriots have titles with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when, when you put together one collective unit and you win titles with just them and it's more than other franchises' entire longevity, other franchises that considered the best franchises or the, the, the faces of the NFL and they did it by themselves, outdid everyone else, that, that just goes to say, man, that – these boys they never play with. That's that's true greatness. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that, man. I see how hard it is for you. 
I see you over there struggling. <laughs> you know what? I, I really am, man. I really am. But after this one, it's like I really have to say, like, you really have to take your hat off, man, because I ain't going to lie. I didn't really have the Patriots making the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, they're just going to be in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, man. And to come from that to winning it, and it's not like they're paper champs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, they don't got all these all-stars and, and Hall of future Hall of Famers on their team. No. Nope. You know, some people that's not fans probably couldn't even name five people, you know what I'm saying? You know? I'm not even sure I can. So, I can tell you. Uh, I, yeah. Okay, I didn't want to put myself out there because I don't think I can either. <laughs> hey, I know, I know, I know Edelman, Hogan, Grunk, um, Brady, Hightower, because he was balling. Uh let's talk about real quick what didn't happen for the Patriots. White. White was out there catching like 10 passes a game out the backfield in every postseason game I've seen for like the last three years. And I think he had like two touches a game. I thought White was gonna be a big factor, but they didn't use him at all. And then when Chung broke his arm, mm. he's been one of the most consistent people in the secondary for the Patriots for a while now, and he left the game. And that goes to show you how shell-shocked or how too big of a moment this was for the Rams. Whenever, like this, this is football 101. If you lose a DB, somebody goes out the game, even if it's the tight end shoot, but if it's one of your best DBs and they leave the field, you immediately are supposed to pin your ears back and go right at that person that just came off the bench cold, who's the second string player. You're supposed to go at them. You got to test them. That's when you go at them. They didn't go at that dude at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I think it was one pass attempt that went to him that he ended up deflecting later in the game. But I'm like, right away, this man just went out the game. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. But you know now they starting guy is gone. You got to go at that backup. And the Rams did not force the issue on him at all. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. Yeah, and I don't know what happened to White, why the Patriots didn't really feature him or use him like they normally do. But at the same time, Michelle, he runs hard. I'm not mad at him as a running back. Like, he's a nice little running back. I think that doesn't really get a lot of – he doesn't get noticed much because he's on the team with Tom Brady and Edelman and Grump. But I will say, um, just wrapping things up, looking at the game overall, that catch by Grump on that fade route, the ball that Tom Brady threw and the catch that Grump made, that was a uh, – that was amazing. That was that was it. Uh, that, that, that was right. That's championship football right there. Cook had a similar situation where, where golf hit him nicely on the deep one, and it was in his hands. And if he would have came down with it, it would have been a touchdown. Um, I know that's going to eat him up for a while that he didn't come down with that one. But he did play still a outstanding game by any means. But that, that one catch, that's the one he's going to remember. I already know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. It's going to haunt him. And, uh-huh. and the, uh, the DB that got the penalties against the Rams, I guess people are probably saying not the not the Rams against the Saints. I guess people are saying justice is served, and the Rams shouldn't have been there with that with that controversial uh, no call from the Rams Saints game. But that same DB, they had a call on him that I man, it made me sick to my stomach that they threw that flag. 
where the Ram, the Patriots tried to run a screen, and he sniffed it out. And as soon mm-hmm. as the receiver touched the ball, he laid him out. Now, he didn't hit him helmet to helmet. He just laid him out as soon as he caught it, right? And then it ended up being a 15-yard. Instead of it being like third and 20, it went from third and 20 to it being a personal foul and him getting first and 15. I thought this was a pivotal point in the game because the Rams' defense at that point had already had an interception with frustrating Tom Brady. And then to make this type of play would have gave them an excellent field position and kept that mojo, like, really going. Like, we're here to dominate. And I think that deflated things in such a terrible way. Now, as it was explained in the game, they say it's a defenseless receiver. If a receiver catches the ball, they're supposed to have the opportunity to put their feet on the ground and make a play, which is one of the dumbest interpretations of a rule. Come on, man. Thank you. Thank you. That is awful. That is awful. That is that is terrible for the sport of football. Like you're not you're telling me I'm supposed to so, slow down and wait a second and let him turn around and become a football player. Like that, how else do you make a play on the ball in that situation? And it was behind the line of scrimmage. Yes, it's still a forward pass, but behind the line of scrimmage, you're still technically like a running back. Like it's a screen pass, and you got offensive linemen running down the field. So you know, I like when do you ever see pass interference on a screen play? Like you can you can get holding on the screen play if you don't let a, a back get out of the backfield, but they're faking that they're blocking first. There's all kind of contact on the screen play. And for them to call that as a personal foul on a that was a horrible call. That was horrible. Cause that cause that was one of, that was such a great football play. That was an amazing football play. That's what you that's what you script up. And at that point, I was like, the Rams is in the Patriots playbook. They know everything right now. And they got this on lock. But after that, elements started going off. Mm-hmm. That's, when they, that's when they gave the Patriots life. And it always seems like in all of these Patriots wins or these runs that they have to go in the Super Bowl, they always get that call, that one call that just mm-hmm. mojo going in their direction. To me, that was worse than the no call from the Saints-Rams game. I mean, to me, that was worse. It, it, well, you know what? To your point, you have a great point. Because I think more than football, man, and football, more than just skill, uh, talent, or anything. You know what's one of the most important things in football, I believe, at any level? It's momentum. Momentum. Mm-hmm. Momentum, man. You can beat anybody with momentum if you got the right momentum. And just, just imagine if that call wasn't called, that horrible call wasn't called. Momentum, momentum going, man. Like you said, they're in their playbook. You know what yeah. I mean? But but by them calling that, that gave the Patriots the momentum. And once you get momentum, it's hard to beat momentum, man. Hard to beat momentum. Hey, um, I'm going to say that that was a makeup call. Being who it was that made the play. I think that was a makeup call for them not making that call against the Saints and the Rams. That's how I felt in the moment. <laughs> like, no way. They tried to justify this, that it's a defenseless receiver. A defenseless receiver is someone who's stretched out, looking for the ball in the air, can't defend themselves at all. This man turned around, back to the defense, and caught the ball with his feet on the ground. How the hell is that defenseless? That, that is 
really not the interpretation of the rule. Quote me, find me, whatever you want to do. I ain't paying nobody nothing, though, but I'm saying that's a makeup call for them not making the call against the Saints and the Rams. That's a way to look at it, but I you don't think that's a little much saying that. I mean, nope. you know, you know, refs makes mistakes every day, B. Every day they make mistakes. You know what I mean? They come together uh, about it, right? Like they came together and they talked about the call against the Rams and the Saints. And there was people adamantly, refs were adamantly saying, like, no, 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 don't throw the flag. There was a ref that was about to throw his flag that wasn't supposed to throw it. But he's like, man, that's that's PI. And they tell him, don't throw the flag. There's videos going around about that. And then they got together about this one and they met and they talked about it. They should have waved that flag off. There's I, don't, I ain't mad at him for throwing it if he thought it was a defensive receiver. I'm not mad. Like as a referee, I've been a referee, not at that level, of course, but I've been a head referee of an entire football organization for flag football. And something I learned very quick was throw your flag. Throw your flag. If you think there is some type of penalty, some type of foul, throw your flag and then justify it. If you cannot clearly articulate why that is a penalty, explain the rule to them quickly and confidently, then you can pick that flag up and wave it off. I thought I saw this. I talked to my other referees. We agree. This is a penalty. This is not a penalty for them to come together. And they did come together on that call and to agree that that was a penalty on a defensive receiver. That made me feel like they'd never seen football before. There's no way in hell that was a defensive receiver or that's a, that's a personal foul. That's a good football play, a great football play, a great one. But in the end, the Patriots walked away with the title. Once again, so hats off to them. The Rams, uh, I don't know, man. This one, something like this can hurt. And I think what I'm most concerned about them is how they move forward with Todd Gurley. Because no matter how good of a guy you are, how much of a team player you are, when you are arguably the MVP of the league and your team gets down to the two most crucial games of the season and they don't even look your direction, you got to feel some kind of way. You should feel some kind of way. You see, you see what Marshawn Lynch did. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, he still came back to the Seahawks for another season, but it wasn't the same. And then he retired to ultimately get out the deal. Now, Tiger is too young to be doing all that. I still see a lot of great football in him, but I don't see that same chemistry with the, that young, the group of young flyers that were sending knockout punches. I see him feeling some kind of way. Now, hopefully he just comes back and runs with a chip on his shoulder and I'm sure he will, but I think that chip might also be aimed at the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm, I'm not sure going forward. I mean, it's, you got to think, man. You got to think as a running back, you know, which both of us are, were. You feel like you, anytime I got the ball, I can score, I can make something happen. Give me the ball. I need the ball. Well, that's any great player anyway. I'm just talking from the run, running back perspective. Like, don't you think he probably should have said something or go, hey, man, give me 28, whatever. Like, give me the ball. Like, shouldn't he demanded it? You know what I mean? Uh, and if he didn't get it, being a team player or whatever, 
it seemed like he just didn't have no fire behind that. Like he wasn't really itching. Like it was just like whatever. That's just the vibe that I got. I, no, I feel like, like there was something. I think I'm looking in the eyes of him and golf, and for both of them, I was kind of like something's missing. Yeah, they look like little boys that was in a game that was just too big for them. Something's just missing for the look in their eyes and the hunger. I'm not saying go Des Bryant style and lose your cool on the sideline, demanding the ball, but you do got to be able to speak up as a grown man, as a competitor, as, as a featured player in the league. Like, you should be you, – you've done enough. Not to – you don't got to go out demanding the ball and tell people how to do their jobs, but you've done enough to say, hey, man, I want the ball. Let's go. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, that that's that's all the way right, man. Like you know, the team know what I can do. I know what I can do. That's just want to help the team. I like, give me the ball. Cause I'm the best chance of us getting in this game. Best chance of us winning. Like we gotta establish this run. Give me the ball. Like sometimes you have to say that. And I, I've done that on, on a lower scale, of course. But it was times when, hey, I I, I told the quarterback, <laughs> I was in the hut. I said, man, if you want to win, give me the ball. Like. I felt like I was uh uh my man. What's my man on Friday Night Lights? Hey, booby, booby. I feel like I was booby, man. Like you want to, we want to win, man. Let me spin. You know what I mean? <laughs> and <laughs> I run. They gave me the ball, and, and guess what happened? Like we ended up winning, not because I was scoring left and right, because I got us moving. I got the ball rolling, and that's what he needed to do. Like as a running back, that's just our mentality. We always can change the game. Give me the ball, man. Let me spin. Yeah. You know? We we never – I mean, it's all speculation on our side because we're not on the sidelines with them. We don't know what's really going on. But – Of course, of course. Social media world we live in today, the the news just in general, I don't think people going to let this go, man. And, and it's going to be a big thing for Sean McFay to have to deal in his young coaching career that he's going to answer to consist like, for a long time. And I think this may shake the organization at its core. I hope not. You know, I hope that I want to see the Rams back there. But if you ask me right now, I think this one's going to hurt too much for them. And especially, like, if they would have went down fighting the way they were supposed to, but it seemed like they didn't even show up to the fight. The defense did, that's for sure. If they keep that defense together, then they're going to be in the playoffs next year. They're going to have an opportunity. But their offense needs to get not just that big, flashy, showtime mentality. They need to get some grind behind them, too, to be able to grind the game out. Because because check it out. Now now you're about to make me go back in the archive because you know they had the greatest show on turf before, but they can grind too. They was get they fed that ball to my uh Marshall Falk, man. Yeah. They fed it to him. Oh yeah, there's no question. Like literally, literally in every kind of way. Exactly. And that's what it the, the team was built to really around Marshall Marshall Falk, not everything else. Mm-hmm. He was the greatest show on turf. Like exactly. when you think about it. And that let running back, and that let everybody else get off. Like, what? I don't understand why Gurley wasn't out that receiver running routes against linebackers. That's what I'm. I'm uh, like running there and protecting. Like, that's a that's a wasted player for protection. Bring your extra tight end for protection. You got a guy that can move with the ball. Get the guy the ball. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't have any other final thoughts on the game. It's just it was disappointing not to see Gurley be featured more. Cause I love to see a good running back do good running back things. I did like what I saw from Michelle. He ran well. When Gurley did get the ball, I thought he ran well as as, as well. I thought all the running backs were playing good football. Um, but he kind of broke his. He kind of broke my man arm, Sean arm. If you if you remember that run. No, he didn't kind of break. He broke it all the way. Okay. Well, yeah, he did. But I mean, but they came from Gurley though. Exactly. Like, run that run. Okay. Run yeah. Ball. 
like initiating the contact, not being hit, you know. So he was out there running at him. And that tells you how hard somebody running it if you go to tackle him and he just run into you and break your arm. Like my man was out there to run when he was on the field, but when he was off the field, he just looked like a deer in headlights. But yeah, something was missing. I'm not sure what it was. I hope they take this offseason to find it and nurture it and not let go of it. And sometimes it takes a loss in the ball. Sometimes it takes a loss in a big situation for you to actually understand what was in front of you. And if they make it back next year, I think that will probably be the worst thing for them because I think they'll take it for granted. Like, we can just get here anytime we want to. I think they need a year or two to struggle to get back to the game, to lose in the playoffs. To, to be to do well but to struggle to get over that hump and that will just amplify if they can keep their core together that will amplify how amazing it was for them to make it to the Super Bowl and when they get back there again not to let that slip through their fingers to actually capture that moment and to the Patriots Tom Brady's coming back again um I say it every year. I don't think they got it to get to the bowl. Like you say, you didn't think they had it to get to the playoffs. Um, but that's a fool's bet to count them out. I don't know. I mean, as long as Tom is there and Belichick is there, we'll see the Patriots in the postseason and then see what happens from there. But uh, hats off to them once again. Congratulations. You earned it. You know what I really, really would have liked to see, though? Since the Patriots won it, Gordon, Gordon, man, be a part of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would like to see that, even though, you know, how I feel about the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> An accomplishment from going from being a Cleveland Brown to a Super Bowl winner, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was – Contributed like crazy when he was when he's on the field. Yeah, immediately. But that's okay, a- brother. Uh, right. You got any final comments on on, on what happened? Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm kind of ready to wrap this up and <laughs> look into the next year, man, so we can beat the Patriots. <laughs> Somebody got to beat the Patriots, man. My final words, man. Those final thoughts beat the Patriots. Coach Stokes, looking forward to Super Bowl 54 and another amazing season of the NFL. Um, we'll get back on and talk about football when it comes to my picks uh, during the draft because, you know, I got to get my fantasy team right. I almost came in dead last last year. So uh, I need to get back on it. I'm going to reach out to the fans and see uh, who can help me with my fantasy team because this is unacceptable. The biggest reason was Le'Veon Bell, though, because I had Le'Veon Bell, and for him not to play, that just kind of – that was a big pick for me early on, and then he just didn't play and sat on the couch all year, so I lost many, many points for him losing his season. But uh, he's supposed to be back next year somewhere. He won't be the same, no, mark my words. But that's a whole nother talk. That's a whole nother talk. We're going to get on here and talk. We're going to get on here and talk. We're going to talk about uh, running backs. We're going to have a running back chat coming up here pretty soon. So think about the running backs currently in the league, and we're going to break them down. I want to know who your top three are when we come back. Once again, Coach Hill, I appreciate your time. 
This is Coach Stokes signing out. Out.